Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty and uh, Dancing Kelly Sander. We're in the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon for another edition of the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us around the network, online, wherever you may be tuned in. Luke will be joining us uh, momentarily from Laurel. And uh, we're glad you're here. Opening segment of the show sponsored as it is every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, the Great supporters of uh, Southern Miss Athletics and the Eagle Hour and a great place to enjoy food with your family seven days a week and a great place to call the next time you have an event you want catered. Uh, Dickie's Barbecue can do that. All right, lots of speculation. We're going to be talking about it later in the show uh, regarding uh, supposedly this move for Southern Miss to another conference, uh, Conference USA teams moving to another conference. Lots of things to unpack, but we'll just tell you a little tease there's nothing official. There's there's a lot of chatter, and there are a lot of quote-unquote experts on social media, but as far as anything official, that, that has not happened as of today. What is happening, though, is we have one of the great baseball players from Southern Miss Baseball with us uh, on the show today. Walker Powell just finished an outstanding career. Six years, I believe, uh, on, this, on the Golden Eagle pitching staff and Really, uh, you know, the bell cow here in the last couple of years, the uh, the main guy on the pitching staff, Mr. Dependable, a uh, guy that uh, just didn't do anything but produce uh, outs and wins. Walker, it's great to have you on the Eagle Hour. How are you? I'm good. Thank you all for having me. It's good to be here. Six years on the program. Did it seem like it went by fast or did it seem like a long time for you? Man, you know, the, the 2016 through twenty. 2018, you know, those went by a little slow, but I tell you, 2019 through 21, those went by real quick. I don't know what it was, but maybe maybe it was the injury and in, in 2020, or you know, getting hurt at the end of 2016, sitting out all 2017, you know, watching the team hosting a regional at home, so that was tough. But then after I got back in there, it you know. And stuff flies by. You know, Bob, you called him Mr. Dependable, but the guys were joking that if he was on the team any longer, they were going to change his name from Mr. Dependable to Mr. Depends. <laughs> <laughs> you were with us a while. You, you and Montenegro, y'all are competing for the uh, for the longest stint on the program. Walker, I know I, I'm pretty familiar with Arkansas, and I know how far it is to Fayetteville, Arkansas, from here. Go back to the beginning. Tell us how your journey uh, took place from Fayetteville to Hattiesburg. Yeah, so, you know, obviously grew, grew up in Fayetteville, uh, about 10 minutes from University of Arkansas campus, you know, so grew up a Hog fan, uh, you know, my whole life. And I wasn't, uh, you know, one of the number, I was the number four starter on my high school team. Uh, you know, I was a late bloomer. Um, you know, I'm still kind of filling into my body a little bit even today. Uh, so I didn't get much exposure in high school. So that, you know, that told me my junior year came around and, uh, you know, I needed to go play travel ball somewhere else, you know, to get to get noticed. And uh, I landed with a team called the Upstate Mavericks out of South Carolina. And, 
we went down to Atlanta, Georgia to play a tournament. And actually, funny enough, I was pitching against Nick Sandlin's team. Hmm. And Coach Federico, the old pitching coach, uh, he was there watching Sandlin. And he saw me pitching against him. And, uh, you know, that's when he took a liking to me. And, he, you know, that's when our relationship started. And so Coach Federico was the one who initially started recruiting me. Um, you know, got me down there on, on a visit and stuff. And ended up falling in love with it. Love with the the culture down there, the football, the you know the atmospheres, you know, um, mm-hmm. and just you know the people in general. It's great. Right, that's, uh, so, yeah, yeah. So that Sandlin guy, he didn't really turn out to be much of anything, did he? He was kind of overrated. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he's not too good, is he? <laughs> so Walker, how tall were you then when you first met Coach Fed? Uh, I was six six. I believe. Okay, so you were st- you, you were still a long drink of water then. Yeah, I will. oh yeah, absolutely. My whole life, yeah, I've been been the, one of the taller guys. And and g- growing up that close to the University of Arkansas, because I know and I hear this a lot from baseball players in particular that are born and raised around the Hattiesburg area. They'll they'll always tell you that that you know somewhere down the road that they would have loved to have been a Golden Eagle, but it just didn't it just didn't you know they didn't fit in at that time. Did you ever have that uh, that feeling of gosh? You know, I loved my time at Southern Miss, but I really, really deep down inside wanted to be a Razorback. You know, no, honestly, no. Wow. Maybe before I got to Southern Miss, uh, I'll be honest. Yeah, you know, sure. you know, growing up in Fayetteville, you know, every kid's dream to you know go be a Razorback. That's the team you root for. You know, SEC, all that. But you know, with the you know the problem with those big schools, I think Mississippi has too. Like with Ole Miss and Mississippi State, you know, they don't. You know, they don't have to give guys the benefit of the doubt. You know, they have the, you know, the financial resources to go out and just get the best guys every year, you know. And so a lot of guys, like me included, you know, we I felt, you know, overlooked. Uh, so, you know, it hurt at first, that, you know, not getting, a, sure. not getting a chance up there. So, But that just gave me, you know, another chip on my shoulder, and that just made me love Hattiesburg even more. So what about your skill set when you originally met Coach Fed? Of course, Federico now the head coach at Louisiana Monroe in the Sunbelt Conference. Mm, uh, but when you heard met, of that conference, <laughs> yeah, when you when you met Coach Fed, what was it about your skill set at that time that he was intrigued with? You think? Well, one thing he said to me was he loved how I handled uh, adversity. You know, I was playing on this this South Carolina team that, you know, we weren't the best, uh, but. Uh, you know, we had some guy, good guys go places and stuff like that. But you know, they made there was a lot of defensive errors, and it just so happened the game I pitched, we had like three, four errors, and you know, two innings that I pitched, just you know, uh, buffing ground balls and you know, right. drop the fly balls. And he saw me handle that. He saw uh, no emotion out of me, and you know, I didn't get down on myself, didn't get up, didn't get you know, I was I was a even keel the whole way and he really liked that and that's you know i was a strike thrower back then too so fastball you know was 87 whatever back then yeah. um you so, know i could just throw all the pitches for strikes so i think he just really what y'all kind of see now just the even keel uh you know just consistency i think that's what he saw back then so you're dealing with adversity as if as if being born in arkansas isn't bad enough Right. <laughs> don't listen, right, I'm don't, gonna let that one slide. Yeah, don't listen. Don't fly. listen to him. Arkansas is a great state. I vacationed <laughs> many a time in the Ozark Mountains, and I bet you have too, right, Walker? 
That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love so, Mississippi though. Love it. So Walker, after the injury, I mean, what was the magic sauce? Because it, it, it did seem that after you had the surgery, you, you really blossomed more than you ever had before. And, and I think, I think it's fair to say you became the, you became the, the donkey of the, of the pitching staff. So how, what was the secret sauce there? Well, yeah, I think just really, you know, I think Coach Oz played a huge role. He was a bit a huge role in my um, development mentally um, after that second injury. Uh, you know, because I had Tommy John twice. I had it once in high school. You know, my senior year didn't play much. My senior year, um, and then I had it fresh end of freshman year, 2016 here at Southern. Uh, yeah, but Coach Oz, he was the one that. Me and him just we we related a lot, we connected a lot, and you know he's he's great at doing that. He's one of the best coaches I've ever had, and you know he just pushed me every day. And that that Tommy John rehab, it's it's tough, man. It's you know it's a long process, and if you're not motivated, you can get lost in it pretty quick, and you can get you can get behind um, you know the schedule and all that. So he was he's real good about. He's like a little he's a drill sergeant out there, man. He was he'll put you to work and you know that's what i needed especially after that second injury you know i was thinking to myself like man like this has already happened twice you know how much more am i going to be able to keep going and he was the one always in my ear saying you you can come back as good as you want to come back and uh you know that just stuck with me and and you know i'll I'll forever be grateful for him for that he is truly a great pitching coach isn't he walker he's one of the best man he's i I was joking with him whenever uh the LSU job uh, was vacant for a little bit before that uh, Arizona coach took it. I was thinking, like nobody else said, but I was like, man, I think Coach Dawes might get get a call. <laughs> we don't want him going good, any. Man. We don't I want him. We, no, we don't want him going anywhere, Walker. We we like <laughs> having right. him yeah, here, here to tell you. And, the and, truth. and I wanted to ask you back on the Tommy John surgery, Walker. A lot of people would go, well, you know, once you have that Tommy John surgery and recover, you come back better than you were before. My experiences in talking to players who have gone through it have said that is not the case. That after you have Tommy John, Tommy John surgery, you are not as good as you originally were. You've been through it twice. What was your experience? Yeah, I'll tell you that I think it's different for every person. And I really think it depends on how you attack the physical therapy. I think that is, you know... 70% of it of how you're going to come back and uh, yeah I, I think everybody's different because my first time with John I was my ligament just didn't hold up the ligament yeah. that they took out of my arm it just broke and, they, and you know Dr. Kane down in Birmingham got to did it he said yeah some guys just sometimes the ligament just won't hold up and right, well, you, you know I think it's just yeah. just hold that thought Walker we're up against a heartbreak we're going to continue our conversation with Walker Powell Southern Miss baseball great other side of the break stay with us Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Luke is with us now. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. A great place to buy your Southern Miss apparel. Uh, you can buy it online at campusbookmart.net. You can shop six days a week on Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss campus. We're talking to Walker Powell, 
a great pitcher for the Golden Eagles who has just finished his career. Walker, I'm going to take you back uh, to earlier this year on a Friday night against Louisiana Lafayette, or the University of Louisiana, as they like to be called. I'm sure you remember that night uh, pretty vividly. Am I correct? I do. I do. Well, I want to tell you that, you know, in the uh, dramatic inning when we were hitting all the home runs and Danny Lynch hit the home run and did the ultimate pimp dance around the bases, uh, we actually owned that jersey here at the Eagle Hour. Luke bought that jersey in an auction. And Luke Johnson, great way for you to get in the conversation. Uh, one thing, Walker, he will not bring it to the studio where it should be hanging. Uh, he keeps it to himself. But we, we have that jersey, don't we, Luke? We do. And, and, Walker, it was purchased with my personal funds. Bob just likes to claim it <laughs> as his because it's part of this radio show. But, but man, what an electric uh, – and we'll talk about your role in that game the next uh, in just a second, the next day. But, but, you know, that was probably one of those most intense moments uh, in probably the last, I don't know, 20 years inside the Pete and happened your senior year. I mean, that was a pretty incredible inning, a pretty incredible night in intensity. Yeah, it was, man. We I remember coming into that series that we were all amped up, you know, because they had some hype around them, and especially their Friday night guy. Uh, you know, he had some real big hype, and we kind of took that personal. And, you know, especially Danny, he's, uh, he's the type of guy that, uh, you know, to – to get under the opposing team's skin, he likes to do that. And, uh, you know, you love having Danny on your team. And, you know, yeah, some stuff, uh, some stuff happened that game. The, somebody got hit and forgot who it was. And then Danny kind of ran out there and found John back and forth and then hit that dinger the next, next at bat. You know, that was cool, man. That was, that was real cool. I just remember that was a big series for us. So that was good to get that first win. And then you come back the next day, throw eight innings, strike out ten of them. Uh, that was that was one of your best starts of the year against Lafayette. Yeah, it was. I remember my changeup was the pitch that day. Uh, we know we knew they were super swing happy. They were one of the most swing happy teams we've ever played. In, you know, in my six years at Southern Miss, and that says a lot. We knew like they they were swinging at literally everything. So that the changeup that next day, me and Oz talked about it. Just a good game plan. And, you know, mixing up the, you know, speeding up, slowing down. If you just keep them in between like that, you know, we'd have a good chance to win. Uh, you know, against them, and uh, we did execute. Looking forward, um, you know, kind of the the way this this season unfolded. You know, you it was you know back and forth, and and we dropped a couple series in conference play. And you and you may have talked about this in the first segment. I was late late to the party today, technology, but. What really caught on with you guys in the conference tournament, but then particularly, you know, how much was it, how incredible was it in the regional to beat Florida State and, and Ole Miss really in the same day and, and have a chance to win that regional? Well, we were kind of in the same mindset for both for both things. I'll just talk about the regional. The, you know, after after we lost that, that opening game, Florida State, we all had a, we had a meeting in the uh, hotel that night, and you know I remember I was one of the main ones talking, and I was actually coming back. I was actually late to the meeting. I was coming back from eating with my parents, so I walked in late. I ended up, you know, doing most of the talking, but I just kind of, kind of told the guys, you know, along with other guys too, uh, you know, hey guys, like this is where we're at. I know this is my last go around. Me, this is me and Hunter Stanley's last go around, and you know, I told them the most dangerous fighters are the ones that got nothing to lose. And we had nothing to lose at that point. You know, we already lost. No one's expecting us to go beat Florida State and Ole Miss. Like, so it's like kind of like how 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 do we want to write the script? How do we want to? 
we want to leave Oxford when letting them know that the you know the Golden Eagles came to town, and that's you know we just we kind of had a heart to heart moment with like the team with that, and you know we ended up going on a big roll. Bats came alive, and you know that was fun, man. That was one of the best times of my life playing in that regional, and you know. So it was great. I wonder, as as good a pitcher as you were, Walker, you were still named Walker. Do you think you'd even been better if your parents would have named you Striker? <laughs> well, I think that's why I was Striker because I was scared to be a Walker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't. Your career doesn't tend to do very well if you walk too many people, right? <laughs> that's right. So tell us what you're doing now, man. What are you up to? Well, so I'm with the Cubs now. Um, okay. You know, I'm I'm going back. Uh, spring training starts in March, and that's down in, in Arizona. So, you know, from now until then, I'm just working out, getting stronger. I'm actually living up here in Jackson, Mississippi, coaching some teams up here. And, mm-hmm. you know, just sticking to the routine of trying to, you know, gain weight, get stronger, and come back ready to with some vengeance next year. You know, because only got to throw about the last three weeks of season this year, you know, after the draft, you know, so – Got to come back next year for the, that first full year, just getting ready to do that. Now, Bob Getty, would it not be cool to be in a prof- profession where they told you that you had to put on some weight? Before yeah, that's, that's never, no one's ever told you that, have they, Kelly? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> ever. <laughs> From Kelly, the womb. Let me, let me tell you yeah. something else. No one's ever going to tell no, you that. No, Going to tell you as that. As long as I can get those five X's at, uh, at Campus yeah. Bookmart, I'm, I'm okay. All right, Walker, before we let you go, and uh, we want you to know, man, we'll really be rooting for you. We, we love you, and we just think you've been a great, great part of our baseball program here. I want you to look back on six years, and I want you to tell our listeners if there's one day, one night, one game that comes to the top of your mind when you think back uh, this early on your college baseball career. It was uh, my no-hitter on senior day. Right. Um, that was that was one of the most special days of my life, you know, just because that was my last start at the Pete. Um, you know, I'd I've done so much growing up in Hattiesburg, so much, you know, maturing there. And to me, it was just a perfect, it was a storybook ending to me. I remember, you know, hugging Coach Oz and we were both, you know, tearing up. And, you know, I was just really special. So kind of a, kind of a storybook ending. It was a storybook ending. You know, yeah, that's exactly right. Final game, no hitter. It's like a movie script. We don't want to criticize Walker, but I mean, you did walk one guy that day and it would have been a perfect (laughs) game. So, I mean, Mm. I just wanted to throw that Mm. out there. Tough crowd. Had to bring it up, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Tough crowd, isn't it? Tough room. Well done. Apart from that, I mean, you did strike out twelve guys that day, so well yeah, done. Yeah, but but Luke remembers yeah. the one wall. <laughs> that, that's yeah. what you call holding a guy to high expectations, right, Walker? That's right. Well, hey, that's what I remember too. Yeah, and right. I wasn't aware that you guys that played the Detroit Tigers when he threw a no hitter. Everybody knows. That, <laughs> Everybody right. no hits the Tigers. Hey, Walker, we really appreciate your time, man. We wish you absolutely nothing but the best. We want you to carry that Golden Eagle blood with you all through your. Uh, your professional baseball career, and uh, and want you to know you're welcome to come shoot the breeze with us anytime. Absolutely, I appreciate it, guys. And you know, I'll be back to Hattiesburg, and we'll catch up soon. You never uh, know, Walker. We may be seeing each other. You never know. There you go. Hey, you never know. I got a <laughs> feeling we will. All right, Walker. Thank you, buddy. <laughs>
All righty, I'll see y'all. Right. Walker Powell, everybody. What a great kid. Yeah, you know, no kidding. Said. He's just not only a great baseball player, just a – I think he exemplifies what we've grown accustomed to with the baseball program. Just a really good kid. Down to earth. Yeah. You know, when I asked him to be on the show, he, he readily admitted, he said, look, I'm not, I'm not a real media savvy kind of guy. You know, could, what, what would we talk about? And I said, your career. And I think he didn't say this, but he kind of had the look of like, why would anybody be interested? <laughs> well, I'll say this, and, and Luke, you jump in on this. I think Walker Powell goes down as one of the top five pitchers in program history. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, when you look at the statistics, I know it was over five years, but 30 wins. Opponents hit a career 250 against him. He threw 340 innings. He had 10 complete games. Wow. And you look at the strikeout numbers. He struck out 275 batters in 340 innings. I mean, yeah. So as far as, as the numbers go, absolutely. And, and like you said, you know, when, when the curveball or the changeup was working this year, so many times, I mean, he was just completely un, unhittable. When you look at, you know, what he did throughout, particularly his, his senior year, we talked about the 10 strikeouts and the the 12 strikeouts. My, my question is, why would he be concerned about coming on here? We're not media savvy either. I mean, he'd blend right in. <laughs> this is a great show for people. That... I think he thinks we're a big thing. I don't think he's right. <laughs> Kelly, you brought this up about Walker a few times during his career. 6'8", arm way up in the air. So when he's coming down at you and you're in the batter's box, that's a pretty difficult thing to deal with. And it almost looks like his fingertips are at your nose yeah. You know, by the time. he, It doesn't hurt. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah, it makes it difficult on a batter. Coming down at that angle. But I've, I've always experienced, too, uh, in covering sports all these years, that the bigger guys, and I don't necessarily mean heavy, I'm just a tall, the bigger frame guys, tend to be much more gentle than the smaller guys. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the smaller guys, you know, the, the small dog syndrome or whatever, the ones that are always yapping at you, but, right. the, but the big ones just yeah. kind of laid back and... Well, you know. he's a great kid. We appreciate him coming back on the show. I think that's. I think he had been on the show once before, maybe around his, maybe at the end of his junior year. But he's going to be missed, and he's going to be tough to replace. There's no he, question. This about this that. is why he made 14 starts this year for the Golden Eagles. Ten of them went six innings or more. Oh, there you go. Nine of them went seven innings or more. That's what you call quality starts. Walker Powell, everybody, and we'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour continues on a Wednesday. Fun to talk to Walker Powell. If you missed it in those first two segments, you can go back on demand or you can go listen to us on a podcast. Uh, If you're just joining us live now, 
Go download the Eagle Hour podcast. It's found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Of course, you can go to the Super Talk website and, of course, always download our podcast and listen to us. We will admit, as we did last segment, that we're not media savvy. So Walker Powell, that's why he felt comfortable hanging with us on a Wednesday is because we're just Southern Miss dudes that, that love our university and love to, uh, to chew the fat, we shall call it, hey, every hey, single hey, day. Hey, 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 hey. I didn't say you're fat. Oh, I said okay. just fat. Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> Four Street sponsors the third segment of the Eagle Hour. And uh, so lots of uh, Major League Baseball. If you went yesterday to Four Street and watched the Dodgers and the Braves, you uh, you saw a heartbreaking loss for the Braves. Feel sorry for Trey Sutton. Still ahead 2-1, to one, but, man, how exciting it was when Bellinger hit three-run bomb. And I was actually for for the Braves yesterday, but they got all the Major League playoffs. Uh, they got college football on Southern Miss off this week, but Saints back on all that at Four Street Bar and Grill. All right, Luke Kelly and Bob. Isn't there always... Luke? Isn't there a Sun Belt game tonight? Let me look that up. I mean, why why are you? There's like something's blowing in the wind, Sun Belt related, Kelly. No, why I, just, would you just I just naturally throw I just, that out. I just it's either it's either Sun Belt. You are or, correct though. This is a trap game. This should be a pretty decent one. Coastal, 14th in the country at Appalachian State. Mm, In Boone at what they call the Rock. It's really not the Rock, but that's what they call it. Coastal, a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under in this game, guys, 61. Coastal, a top-15 team. And So here's the thing. Let's just get right to it. More just speculation today, and, of course, we've been saying it last the last several weeks, just as soon as the American makes their decision and says what they're going to do, okay, here comes possibility Southern Miss to the Sun Belt. But one of the reasons that I think the fan base is so excited about this, and, and guys, I went on another program yesterday on Super Talk, and I brought this up, and for some people you know, that were listening, it was surprising that a Southern Miss, the Southern Miss wants to go to the Sun Belt. Why not the American? Guys, look at this. There's going to be games like this where Wednesday and Thursday nights on ESPN networks, where if you're in the Sun Belt, you're able to play. You don't have to go to stadium this week, ESPN 8 this week, you know, go find something this week. The Sun Belt will have possibly a better, I think, a better TV deal in the next four or five years. But the, the point I'm making is tonight, all alone on national television, there's a game. It's a good game in the Sun Belt, and Southern Miss fans, I think, want to be back part of that. Let me say this about all the speculation. Kelly and I spent a lot of time in the media. We were both in the television journalism business for a long time. Now everybody's a journalist. Everybody that has a podcast, they're a journalist. They're an expert. They have all these sources. Easy when you're running a podcast to speculate about things, whether or not everything is lining up in that direction or not. But here's a fact. There's nothing official from the Sunbelt Conference. There's nothing official from Southern Miss. We, too, have pretty good sources here uh, with Southern Miss. Uh, We'll tell you when it's official, but as of right now, this is not official. It may very well happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I'm saying it's not official. Sure, and and official official means that there's something put out by the conference or – by the school that says that but they're you know we, right. we say that and and we did the same thing i mean with with will hall you know with the will hall hire we we broke it here on the eagle hour and that was because it was imminent and it was all it was it wasn't just all signs pointing it was imminent but i mean we're not going to go out and 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 say that but it, it does look like kind of behind the scenes yes. things are slowly 
moving in that direction. Who knows? It may be, you know, as Jeremy told you guys on the Eagle Hour a few weeks ago, you know, it was decisions have to be made by a lot of people. And he said, you know, it could even be the end of this year. Yes, uh, and and with the Will Hall deal, we we had confirmation that the contract had been signed, and there's there's what that's what Luke is saying. When the lawyers sign off on everything, and then the conferences make their announcements, that's when it's official. And the danger you run into of trying to quote unquote break a story before it's official. Here's the danger you run into: is that in the happenstance that you are wrong, then your credibility is shot from then on. Correct. Because people will remember, oh, yeah, just like you told us last time. This, Correct. And it didn't happen. And when you are a journalist, the truth, which in this country is getting very difficult to come by anymore, the truth is held in the highest regard. Uh, I remember back when President Reagan, the, the attempted assassination on President Reagan, James Brady one of his uh, cabinet members, you know, was was struck in the head with a bullet. One of the networks reported that he had died. And as you as history will tell you, he did not die. Then he has, you know, since passed in the last 10 years or so. But I'm just saying, can you imagine being a relative of Mr. Brady and hearing on national television that he had died when indeed he hasn't? Now, that's to an extreme. But I'm just saying on whatever you're reporting the truth is the utmost importance, and it cannot come back to bite you in the rear. Right. So you'd rather be right and late than wrong if, and early. If you want to be credible. I mean, if you want people to see you as a credible source of information. But that's isn't that what we're supposed to that's be? That's what you're supposed to be. Whether, right. you're, whether you have a network radio show, you're a television sportscaster, or you run a blog, credibility should be your first priority. But... We all know that we all know that's really, yeah. And really of course, and, and I, I look at social media and other things like that. I find social media very entertaining and I don't mean that in an ugly way. I do. I find it very entertaining. And I think that most people that have a brain realize that it's fun to speculate. It's it's fun to look at the Massey ratings and see where we right. were are this week compared to last week. A That's lot not of, fun, Kelly. Well, it, it's <laughs> it's it what's, hasn't what, been fun this year. What's but. fun are the limbo videos of you on YouTube. Now that that, ladies and gentlemen, is fun. Nobody is supposed to even know those are out there. <laughs> How low can at you go? At the small people's convention, no less. <laughs> yes, that, that's right. But but we value, you know, old school, we value that, being being Correct. accurate. Correct. And, and we'd like to bring it to you and will as Correct. soon as all that is taken care of. Correct. That's right. Whatever the news is, Correct. you know. That's exactly right. Right. So I just think people just need to be careful. On, just chill a little bit. Yeah. What's going to happen is going to happen, and it'll happen in its own time. And and being all up in a roar right now and trying to be the first person to predict what's going to happen, it really is pretty pointless. And, and this you can it's believe. It's going to happen. It's going <laughs> to happen. Where's that voice coming from, Bob? And trust us. It sounds like President Biden. Is he on the line? <laughs> and, and trust us, at, at mine and Bob's age, we're the first ones that want things to happen. Pretty quickly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We don't know how much time we've got yeah. left. Hey, look, on another matter, I understand there was a pretty prominent guy at the, some of the baseball scrimmages, uh, and I, I saw a blog where he uh, said this is a clearly a top 25 baseball program working Yeah, it's pretty cool. Aaron Fitt uh, from D1 Baseball, of course, uh, we've had his uh, 
working partner, uh, Kendall Rogers, and they put out some of the, the best stuff at, at D1 Baseball. But, yeah, he was swinging through uh, the southeast. I think he hit up Ole Miss on Friday or Saturday and then hit the Eagles up uh, on, on Saturday. And one of the things that he said was, uh, just watching the inner squad, he was uh, still high on Slade Wilkes. Slade Wilkes actually hit a uh, hit a pretty pretty moonshot. I mean, a, a bomb in uh, in his first AB. Hit it off uh, Hurston Waldrop, and Fit was was talking about the power of Slade Wilkes. And then he he bragged on uh, Hurston Waldrop. He sat ninety three to ninety five. He hit ninety six one time, and uh, was talking about he was he was working on his curveball and and a slider and a cutter. And then he just really bragged on uh, the. The rest of the pitching staff, of course, uh, Walker Powell, Hunter Stanley, and, and Ock being replaced, but really liked what he saw. He talked about Tyler Stewart, talked about Chandler Best. He said uh, it was uh, overall the inner squad was competitive back and forth, and he said this was Southern Miss was a, quote, easy top 25 team for him. So, yeah. you know, one of the guys that watches all the all the teams in the country, that was pretty cool to have him at an inner squad. He's done that before, uh, but but just to, to see the quality that uh, that Coach Barry's going to put on the field Wilkes this year. Slade Wilkes has scary batting power. You could see that at the end of the year. I, I think he's going to be a – I think he's going to be a big, big star, and he's still just a pup. He's a baby. Yeah, yeah. And he's still real young. But when you look at when you look at potential, you know, really good teams in this one, that's the first department you look at is how are they sitting pitching wise? No, oh, no doubt. It's all about pitching. No doubt. I mean, I don't care what level it is. If you don't have pitchers, just like in in football, if you don't have a quarterback, or in, or in our case, five quarterbacks, yeah, you know. Uh, you're in for what could be a Generally long Generally speaking, Kelly, there's not an iota of difference from position players in the top 30 or 40 baseball teams in college baseball. The difference is who's got the best pitching staff and how deep it is, and that's who's in the World Series every year. That's the, that's the difference. Every strong team is built up the middle. Pitcher, catcher, short, second, and center field. Correct. No disrespect to the other positions. No, you know, but I'm just, right. that's That's where the bread and butter is, up All the right. middle. One more segment to go on this Wednesday edition of the Eagle Hour. We don't interrupt Led Zeppelin too long. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Wednesday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. D1 Training on the right, DBAT on the left. Great stuff. They got a store in there. So Easton and Rawlings and all kinds of good stuff. For our um, DBAT D1 Training, proud sponsor. Of the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss football practicing today and tomorrow. They're off Friday and Saturday with the bye week. Practice this morning, 8.15 to 10.05. Tomorrow they will start at 
five. So uh, Southern Miss practicing and uh, just trying to shore up a couple things. And I guess more than anything, guys, this week, physical break, but but mental break needed for uh, the Golden Eagle football team. As we reported yesterday, Ty Keys will be redshirted. Uh, just uh, reported also on, on social media. Chandler Pittman, it looks like, uh, has a lower leg injury. He will miss the remainder of the season. So when it rains, it pours, but uh, getting back after it today. And uh, some things Will Hall said this week, I mean, just acknowledging he knows what it's like. He knows what it appears to be. He knows exactly what it is, and uh, we're all just going to grind through it. So anyway, appreciate that. Why the morning practices? You know, traditionally, you practice football in the afternoon. Do you have any idea why they practice at 8 o'clock in the morning, Luke? Just something they decided to do as a staff. Uh, they, they started that, uh, I think, some in the spring and just continued it over into the fall. And, you know, part of, part of the idea is you're, you're fresh in the morning and, you know, you got really the rest of the day to recoup and the rest of the day to, uh, to plan. And so, yeah, it's just kind of a if, – if you think about it, once you're done for the week, you have, you know, more mental reps in mm-hmm. and uh, you can maybe maybe implement things faster and then have more time to reflect on that versus, you know, when you're done at 6 in the evening, you know, the, the work day goes in, into the night. But it's, I, I think in some ways it's a better planning perspective. When did Coach Bauer practice? We practice in, in the afternoon, so we would go – We'd start meetings, uh, you know, one thirty, something like that, maybe a little before then. Most of the time we'd be on the field between 2.30 and 3, and then we would get uh, hour 45. At the max, we would go 2.15 or so, and then we'd have a, a couple meetings after. I've actually heard some college coaches, not, not the Southern Miss coaches, but I've heard other uh, college coaches endorse the morning practices because they liked it with their particular group. If you have a morning practice, what does that mean for the night before, for their players, yeah, they got to get up, go practice. So they're going to bed early, and they're not going out and getting into trouble. Or at least the chances are. That's the way they viewed it. Is that there was less chance. I, I sure miss the Jeff Bauer days. You know, I, I miss the days of Golden Eagle football. They're coming back, Bob. I hope so. They're coming back. I hope so. so and actually, Conference USA begins its uh, play for the week, Luke, t- uh, tomorrow. I think they have a Thursday night game and a Friday night game as well. So Conference USA starting to dabble in the uh, uh, in the Thursday should, and Friday night thing. We should mention, Kelly, um, Conference USA not coming back, okay? <laughs> no, we, I said Southern Miss football. Southern Miss football is coming back what, with a vengeance. What happens to Conference USA if, if everything we're hearing is true? If every, it, big if, I get it. UAB and those schools are going east, Southern Miss, Marshall are going to somebody. If all of that is true, what happens to Conference USA? Turn out the lights. Michael's well, got, yeah, um, I mean, I want Michael's got a over. toilet flushing sound bite <laughs> on that computer, I think, because that, that's what you're... that's what you're hearing. Yeah, but, but, you, but if that you, happens, Luke, if that happens, they have nobody to blame but themselves. Yeah, the, the presidents that you know that have refused to replace leadership at the top level. I mean, this is what you get. This is what you get when you don't have a plan. I mean, there, there's a couple of things they've done to try to be innovative, but it really hadn't worked. And you know, the guy that we always like, Martin Hanks. I mean, he left. You know, and and uh, other people. Russ Anderson, know, we lost. Yeah, and so that there's been there's been really no, you know, visionary leadership. You look at on the other hand with. The Sun Belt, there has been. And that's right. why that so anytime a conference can look at another conference and say, No thanks, they hold the upper hand. And that's what we've seen really in the last week, week and a half, two weeks, where the Sun Belt, you know, just 
Yeah, we don't want that. And the American says, all right, we're not going to merge with you. We're just going to go grab six of your teams. So Conference USA now, other than probably the MAC, is the least leveraged conference in the country. Agreed. Agreed. The MAC has kind of gone down, had I know you're familiar with that being for the Midwest, Kelly. One time the MAC was a pretty prominent conference, I thought. Well, actually, I th- I think they're pretty much where they've been, you know. Right. But the thing with the MAC, my impression of the MAC is they're totally fine with where they are. It's kind of like we don't care that our real estate value has hasn't gone up, it hasn't gone down. We're good. If you if you don't want to move into our neighborhood. We're good with that. Because you know? yeah. all they have is the, the Big Ten. I mean, in, in some ways, they're able to do that. So in, Conference USA is in the middle of a, of a blueprint of the American. They're in the middle of a blueprint of the Sun Belt. And they're in the middle of the blueprint of even uh, Big 12. But the SEC dominates everything. So the MAC, you know, they can have their little Tuesday night, Wednesday night matching, you know, get on, get on television, do their deal, because ultimately they're just, you know, it's it's basically little Big Ten. I mean, that's the way it is, and you know that that's an okay place to be. It's just what what all these conferences are competing for uh, for eyes in in the biggest, heaviest, saturated part of football in, in America. All right, Kelly Sanders at Volcoma Casino tomorrow in Sandersville with Gerald McGrath on the show, former NFL star and big time Golden Eagle, and your producer. What is? I, we got a new producer that's going to be going with Will you. the Thrill Tony will be with us there tomorrow. There we go. We're glad to have Will on the team. And uh, Mike will be producing, uh, kind of overseeing the production. But Will will be field producing with Kelly from Sandersville and a great interview with a great Golden Eagle tomorrow. Look forward to it. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Like an eagle to the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.